I'm sure there are, you know, funeral Pinterest boards or, or you know, ideas for like what to do at your funeral, you know, how to cre- creatively or, you know, represent someone or what's the newest, coolest thing to do. And um, like, I think there has to be room for that, for people who want to express themselves in, in, in different ways or new ways or ways that fit and really align with who they are and what they care about in their life. But equally, if you want an old school, traditional, uh, like, you know, just like my parents or my grandparents had a funeral in whatever religion that is for you, whether it's Buddhist or whether it's Church of Ireland or Episcopalian in the States, whatever that is, like there has to be room for that too. If you just want to, I don't know, what will we call it? Plain vanilla? And welcome to another episode of the Glam Reaper podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Muldowney, a.k.a. the Glam Reaper. And on today's episode, we have yeah. another Jennifer, <laughs> which we love. Um, right. And Jennifer has almost, me and Jennifer have swapped lives. So I'm an Irish living in New York and Jennifer is an American living in Ireland. Welcome, Jennifer. Hello, time twin or separated at birth or... I I don't know, but yes, we 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 apparently have uh, ha- have swapped lives. If I was a glamorous undertaker uh, and and death professional, uh, that that would be the life I would have swapped. Well, tell us, you are Jennifer. You and I have been chit chatting on social media for a decade, I think. Um, I really do. I think it was back around the time I was writing the book in Ireland that you and I maybe first connected on Twitter and stuff like that. So tell us or tell the audience uh, what it is that you do. Sure. Well, uh, my name is Jennifer Morenstrich. I am um, a lecturer at the Technological University of the Shannon Midlands Midwest. And for anybody who is from Ireland or familiar with Ireland, that is the new name and the new um, institution of the old Limerick Institute of Technology. So uh, I suppose a simple way to say that is that I teach at a university in Limerick, Ireland, and I teach in the Department of Applied Social Sciences, and I'm a social worker by training and spent uh, a good while in, in the States, uh, born and bred in the States and working as a, as a social worker in the States, and then moved here to Ireland about 20 years ago. Uh, but no matter where I've been in the world, um, I am interested in loss and grief and death and thanatology and death studies, all those kinds of things. And I think that's how I found you on Twitter. We found each other. And yeah, the, this is the stuff I like to talk about and read about and think about and teach about. Um, so, yeah. And tell us what would be um, a student that you have you know, if you think of an average student, how do you intertwine um, sort of thanatology and um, your death interest? How do you no. intertwine that into your lectures um, so that, the you know? Yeah, good question. So uh, the core part of my teaching here is in a program uh, called a Bachelor of Arts in Social Care Work. And I suppose for American listeners, they, they might not be as familiar with the title social care worker 
Um, it would be like a human services worker or an assistant social worker or a, like a mental health worker um, would, would probably be the title that's a little bit more familiar to um, to folks in the States. But it is a, a, a registered title um, here in Ireland. And it would be similar, I suppose, in ways to social work, except probably working a lot more at the front line with all different kinds of people, people with physical disabilities, intellectual disabilities, people experiencing homelessness, people in prison, uh, you know, uh, um, people who are, are kind of live maybe uh, some disadvantaged lives or, you know, kids who need a little bit of support in education, loads of different ways that social care workers do what they do so well, which is supporting people. And um, and like one of the things that I see all the time in the helping professions, whether it's medicine or nursing or social work or social care work or psychology, occupational therapy, whatever, you know, whatever it is, is that students don't talk enough about loss, grief and death. So I try to bring that into the teaching um, as much as I can, because inevitably, so many people who go into the helping professions are going to end up supporting people who might be facing the end of their own lives or who have experienced the loss of someone very, very close to them in their lives or have experienced losses that maybe don't have anything to do directly with death. So like, I just feel very strongly that if student professionals don't have some exposure to, to the kind of... Um, the models, the theories, how those things um, apply to their own lives and their own experiences, they are not going to be able to adequately support somebody who's going through it, you know, um, out, out there in practice. So I, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about that. And, and two, and LIT, as it was uh, once then, and, uh, and the folks in my program and, and uh, my, 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 you know, heads of department have have sort of listened to that message and have allowed me to do um, a little teaching in that area for our social care students and now for our new bachelors of science and applied psychology students as well. And I also um, really love some postgraduate teaching that I do with the Irish Hospice Foundation uh, and the Royal College of Surgeons in their um, master's in bereavement um, so, so I, I, like, I get to spend a lot of my working time, uh, doing things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and it is, it's so important. Um, and we actually only just recently had, um, I'm sure you followed it. Um, John, John Adams and the president of the yeah. funeral directors association in the UK, yes. obviously with his mission for teaching bereavement in schools and so we had him on mm -hmm. and I'd met John at the NFDA here in the United States um, you know we just you know gelled straight away and I absolutely I think it's so important and it shouldn't necessarily be left to teachers to you know it shouldn't necessarily be an onus on teachers um, there is a certain element of, of, of it being taught in the home but it does need to be addressed in schools I definitely think and it's um you know, and it's amazing. He got his 10,000 signatures actually the day we released the podcast, which was, which was kind of lovely yes. for both. <clears throat> um, and so do you think there'd be any way of bringing something like that into Ireland um, for, in your experience or 
I guess you were trying to do it bit by bit in in the older suit. Yes. But... Yeah. I think you know anytime that you look at trying to change um, syllabi for whether it's primary school uh, or which is elementary school um, uh, in the United States or secondary school, which would be the equivalent of high school, it's a really long and slow process. And I imagine that there's a lot of informal teaching that happens around loss and grief in those classrooms um, from the very, very youngest ages. But yeah, I, I, I would feel pretty strongly that we should kind of model what the UK um, ha has been doing. And, and certainly I really admire John for coming out with that, especially as a, as a death care professional. I think it was really interesting to have his voice um, it, so strongly in that. But yeah, I would love to see that in Ireland. Um, I think sometimes we, people in Ireland, get this reputation of being, oh, they're so good at death. They are fantastic at death. They do it so well. Nobody does it like the Irish. And people are right. There's a distinct cultural um, uniqueness to how Irish people manage death. But I tend to think it's kind of focused maybe around the very immediate time following the death. And that uh, maybe we're not so good at all the stuff that leads up to before that. And we may not be so good I, at all the look, stuff. So let me not agree out. with you more. Yeah. I get that all the time. Any TV, any radio, and especially since I came to the States, they're all about you. No, we are terrible at death. We are good at funeral. We're good at the wake. We're good at, we're good at what we culturally was amazing we got together over food and drink and the person was in the room we're good at that but we are not good at talking about it we're not good at pre-planning we're not good at even just yeah opening it up as a conversation you know even grieving it's it's most of and and I, you know i started my career in ireland 15 years ago and it was like you know immediately as you said immediately after the funeral um, people were around you but then a week later a month later six months later a year later poof, those people were not to be not to be found you know yes to I mean my granny used to do it um, like listen to the obituaries on the radio and stuff yeah. like that like I mean we it's just it's a weird it's a weird weird thing yeah I don't I completely agree with you in that I don't agree that we are we are good at death I don't think we are at all um <laughs> I joke about my own parents. Oh, God bless them. I killed them off so many times. When I talk about them, but I'm like, <laughs> they, um, you know, I, I might say, oh, mom, that's a beautiful pair of pearl earrings. She's like, oh, I'll have them when I'm gone. and uh, You know, or you can have them when you're gone, or when I'm gone. And I'll say, no, 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 no. Don't be talking about something like that. We're so superstitious. It's crazy. Yeah. We can't even talk about, here, you can have this when I'm gone type thing. It's no. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I think, and like, I think we get into a situation when, you know, people from other cultures kind of in a complimentary way say, oh, you're so good at death. There's nothing like an Irish wake. Um, it, it's 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 quite a superficial comment. Um, I think we do what fits for people culturally, but the culture is always changing. And I think it's it's changing incredibly quickly um, over the last kind of decade, two decades. And certain like COVID propelled mu much of that as uh, as well, um, but yeah, I think I think that there are loads of people, and I mentioned one already. Certainly, the Irish Hospice Foundation, but but many others 
that are are kind of trying to call time on that flippant idea of like, oh, the Irish are so good at death and you're grand and, you know, you do it better than anybody else in the world. And, and maybe demand that we take a breath and slow down and say like, okay, what are the bits that we do really well, which is ritual. I think you're, you're right. Uh, but what do we need to take a look at it, how we can open up and um, make it easier to do the advanced care planning or to do the, you know, what do I really want for funeral or to do the, where do I really want my pearl earrings to go? And might I just jot that down so there's a clear record for everybody? So it's, you know, I, I, I make everything a little bit clearer, giving the person an opportunity to kind of do a little bit of a life review. But then also um, afterwards, sort of leaving space for grief, whether it's grief in the workplace or grief in the college classroom or grief in the secondary school exam hall or the dressing room of the GAA club or, you know, the dinner table at Christmas, you know, wherever that is, leaving that space to talk about grief. And not just, you know, like I tell students all the time, like, okay, we're going to talk a lot about death. And you're going to think that that's going to be really depressing. But there's other aspects of loss that you might not necessarily include in that category, but that are just as, as powerful and that shape your lives uh, for better or, or, or worse um, that have nothing to do with death that maybe we need to have a think and a little feel about as well and allow a little bit more oxygen to, to permeate them. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's my little reason to get up in the morning, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, no, and, and you know, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit there. I, I did, I mean, to me, my <clears throat> my whole TED Talk that I did while it was on sort of, it, the the whole thing really was about judgment um, of loss. And yeah, it kind of did focus in on pet loss and my own personal experience. But I completely agree with you in so far as like, you know, loss doesn't, and grief, grieving it doesn't have to be loss of a human being. It can be loss of a job. It can be loss of a spouse, like divorce. It can be lost in so many different ways. And we all grieve. Um, I mean, I've had people, you know, I have a pet cremation jewelry line and I've had people for, spend hours on the phone with me absolutely devastated about their their dog because they weren't married um, and the dog was their sort of companion for life. And now the dog was no more. And so who am I to sort of sit here in judgment and say, well, you shouldn't grieve like that. Like I lost my father or I lost my sibling or whatever it is. It's, it's not for me to sit and judge anybody. We're all completely different and we all appreciate things differently. You might appreciate a chair you, you love the most and it can be anything. Um, and so I think it's really important to arm people in schools in, in, in colleges and everything for this. Um, I look back and I loved where I went to college. Um, but I look back on the thing, things I learned in secondary school and college um, back home. And, and Ireland's education system is second to none. I mean, it's brilliant. But I look back and I think, what in God's name was I learning half of the time? Like I did a degree in business studies. And when it came to setting up my business in Ireland, not in New York, because that was a whole different ballgame, in, in Ireland, I hadn't a clue what to, I hadn't a clue where to start. Like I had sort of the entrepreneurial background and I knew of concepts, but I logistics, I didn't have a clue. I I think I even had to go back and do a false course. Um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't prepare us for real life. Um, it doesn't prepare us for real life. 
Yeah, I think yeah. the practical bits and I think, yeah, I think you've really hit on something there. I also think that sometimes we do a disservice when we're training uh, health and social care professionals um, because we, we sort of repeat a system in which they believe that they are not allowed to grieve, that they have yeah. to keep kind of stiff upper lip, be the professional, not let emotion yep. show, not 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 get too engaged in something, not make their grief bigger than you know a family members or a, or a relatives or or a partners or, or or you know another resident if maybe it's in residential work and and like there's pieces of that that are true. There's there's pieces of that 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 are yeah. true, right? But to deny your human connection to another person in this case is, you know, how can you really adequately support people who are going through the most difficult times in their lives and who may not have all the resources that you have if you deny your own humanity about things and say, yeah. I can't grieve. So I think a big thing of what I try to, to teach is that, you know, you are going to encounter people uh, in your working life that you will lose, whether it's because they leave a service or because they graduate from a program or they move into more independent housing or uh, they their health declines and so they can't be at the day program with you anymore. They have to go into a nursing home or they do in fact die. And, and, and certainly uh, like students that go to work in the homelessness sector and homelessness services uh, or substance abuse, you know, um, and, you know, dr drug treatment and drug support programs are are going to be, you know, it's more likely that they are going to encounter deaths in, in the workplace um, with the people that they support. So sort of just like getting them ready for that. And I think the way that you get ready for that is you examine what your own personal experiences have been with loss and death in your own life up until now and see what areas are maybe a little bit sensitive to you, a little bit bruising for you to look at and like how can you learn to mind yourself um, in, yeah. in that as well before you go out and work with more vulnerable people. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's it's funny, <laughs> whenever I'm talking to a family um, and especially when I train all my celebrants, I, I train celebrants now over here and even when I'm training them, I'm like, it is okay to show emotion. In fact, you know, I definitely don't want you to not show emotion and not and hide whatever you're feeling. Obviously, you don't turn into a, a wailing banshee because, you know, you usually um, we don't know the deceased. But when you're hearing those stories and you're you become a part of their, their family tree for those few days and, you know, you're it's it's absolutely emotional. And I actually always say the day I don't feel emotion um, and I, I do have that heart of stone is the day I'll hang my hat up because it's not for me anymore. Um, But every single one of my memorial services I plan or my celebrant services that I do, I I feel it um, because it's a loss and you're you're you're, you know, it's human beings at the end of the day. So I absolutely think it's that stiff upper lip, I think. And I think a lot of the funeral um directors in the world are kind of taught that as well and i think they're starting certain ones are starting to sort of break away from oh, yeah. that um 
but I do. I think that that was kind of a, a prerequisite in the in the last couple of decades, and um, I, I that's not what people want anymore. People want you to be emotional because Granny died, um, and they're really sad. They want to see that you're as upset as they are. Not as upset, but they want to see that you care. You know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would imagine. I mean, I, I. I don't know, and I would like to look at, obviously, like, I'm an academic, so I'm always kind of like looking like, what does the literature say? Or what does, you know, what what, what theories or evidence is there to support that? But, you know, I wonder, too, as we do, uh, certainly in Ireland, kind of step back from the the very very strong influence of the catholic church now it's 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 definitely still here and um and 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 um and 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 people embrace it and i think it's not wrong to say that sort of the older age cohort in ireland might embrace it more perhaps than than some of some of the younger people but um as we step back from that and even as so funny i was listening to npr the other day um, and they had a report on that said, you know, religious attendance and church attendance is actually uh, receding a little bit in the United States, and that more and more people are are identifying as, you know, having having no particular religion. I wonder, does that space that at one time was filled by um, churches or houses of faith? with 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 rules and templates for like how to do death does the funeral and death professional step in and like religion is less of the guiding force and emotion and connection and remembrance is is more of of what guides so that people are craving that you know show me that you're human show me that you're connected to me show me that this isn't just another funeral that you're kind of ticking off you know, inserting yeah. my Nana's name in the yeah. prayer and then and then kind of taking off for a round of golf. I do. Yeah, I definitely think it is. Um, and I feel like the rise of celebrants, death doulas, you know, this these new these new roles that are coming up in this space, I think are are showing that that is fact. Um, you know, whether there's literature and facts to back it up, but I mean definitely direct cremation is is more prevalent now than than ever and i think people are kind of choosing that yes for monetary reasons but i think they're choosing it because it gives them the space to do something else that they don't have to burial you know they're not restricted by this rigid sort of timeline um and that they can do something like what i do which is memorial planning and or they can take the remains and uh, go to their local golf club or do something in their home or it's just more personalized and um, I, know, I know for me I mean literally it's why I started was um, I was raised Catholic in Ireland I still identify as Catholic but I don't want my funeral to be all about the priest and the church which is what it is you know I want my few little Catholic prayers to be said but I want it to be about me <laughs> it's like I'm not being a diva here but it should be about me I'm the one who's dead <laughs> you know it is um, your party. So, yeah. Exactly. You know? <laughs> um, and so I think that's another thing that people are, people are, I think decades ago, like when I think of, I always think of my grandmother because she was just, you know, such an advocate of the church and, you know, went to mass and she was just your stereotypical Irish grandmother. And so there was never a question of what would happen to her when she passed. 
But her life was also very different to my life. She, there were certain expectations of women in Ireland and globally of what you did and what you could and couldn't do and stuff. And so I think now there's a lot more equality. Okay, you know, there's still a lot way to go, but there's a lot more quality, equality, diversity. Um, you know, we're, well, I never have believed that there's any tools that, that are the same, but we're so different. Um, and that I think that the I think that's where the Catholic Church and I don't want to say actually the Catholic Church, I mean all religions, and I spoke about this on on Irish radio back home one time, whereas like they are within their right to ask that um everyone in their congregation and or, you know, anybody that comes to mass is pure and, you know, comes to church once a week and devotes themselves. They're within their right to ask for that as part of the club, right, or whatever it is, you know, like you're within right to ask for, if you're coming joining this book club, you've got to read this one book every week or whatever it might be. Um, However, I just feel like by having that, and I don't want to say Hitler because that's probably the wrong one, but by having that really um, strict, strict requirement, I think you're alienating 90% of people. Like I would, I go to St. Patrick's Cathedral regularly if I knew that, you know, my funeral could be half church, a half prayer, half, you know, the mass ritual and half about me, then I probably would come back to it, you know. But right now, I mean, I think it was the Archbishop of Meath at the time, he banned eulogies even. So the one little bit we were getting, we were now not getting anymore. So, look, you know, well, we don't need to go down the religious aspect, you know, but, um, yeah, I just, I think people are, are, are wanting... I think people are wanting more different things. I think, you know, it's not that they're pushing. I think they're being pushed away from religion. And I think back to what we were talking about, I think if they're educated in schools and then in colleges and universities, and especially if they're going to roles where they're caretaking, I think it's very important to, what I'm famously kind of known for saying is meet people where they're at. Not where you want them to be, you know, not where you want your sales to be or whatever it is, but just meet them where they're at. And where they're at could be all over the place. Yeah. But maybe they want a Catholic um, service. Maybe they want to have it in the golf club, um, you know, and just figuring out what, what it is that they want. Yeah, you know? no, yeah, no I, I, I think you're right there. And I think, I think again, it is, um, and, and it's so funny sometimes when I teach about, um, about death cafes and, and, and those kind of, um, you know, community encounters with, 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 discussing um death and mortality and they're part of death education as well you know um i kind of say i wouldn't want and i'm sure i'm sure there i'm not really into pinterest but i'm sure there are you know funeral pinterest boards or, or you know ideas for like what to do at your funeral you know how to cre- creatively or you know represent someone or what's the newest coolest thing to do and um like i think there has to be room for that for people who want to express themselves in, in, in different ways or new ways or ways that fit and really align with who they are and what they care about in their life. But equally, if you want an old school, traditional, uh, like, you know, just like my parents or my grandparents had a funeral in whatever religion that is for you, whether it's Buddhist or whether it's Church of Ireland or Episcopalian in the States, whatever that is, like there has to be room for that too. If you just want to, I don't know what will we call it, plain vanilla, or you know, just like the the usual. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I think I think again, it's back to what you said before. It's like no judgment. 
Yeah. It's just about whatever it is that you choose. Yeah. Take judgment off the table. And just listen and just be there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Jennifer, I could talk to you all evening or day or I mean, it's definitely nighttime for you. God bless you. Thank you so much for for staying up to um, to chat with us. And we will likely have you back um, and maybe have a longer discussion. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much for um, just giving us your wise words. And we're going to leave all the links and contact information below so that if anybody wants to reach sure. out to you, maybe in Ireland. I know we have quite a few listeners in Ireland um, but that they want to reach yeah. out, maybe just inquire about. What it is that you do um, and, you know, the work in the Irish hospice, they're obviously incredible as well. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for joining us. You are welcome. I would love to chat again. Thanks, Jen. (laughs) 